Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast, episode 119. I'm here with very special guest, Deshaun Kaiser. Is it founder and CEO? Is that your title? Uh, that, is that, is, that is the new title. That's the title? We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll take that's that. A, you like that? Founder and CEO, oneofnone.io. Awesome website. Also a former NFL quarterback. Uh, maybe one day again. I don't know. I don't know if that's completely out of the question. And Notre Dame quarterback has been around for a while. It, I'm excited to chop it up with you. This has actually been a long time in the making, us getting this episode. Definitely, definitely. I mean, back when we were first having the initial discussions, it definitely yeah. wasn't episode 119, I'll tell you that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that yeah, the initial that was really early on. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, one of your one of your partners or one of the people you work with, Kai Forbath, contacted me. We had a great conversation. We met up at the first NFT NYC. That was uh over a year ago, November yeah. of 2021, at yeah. the Knights of Degen party. Had a blast. Had a blast. Yeah, yeah that was a good time. Of, that was a really good party. That was a good time. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to have a great time when you're around, yeah. you know, Drew Austin and that crew. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, it's good to have you on finally. So Yeah, happy to be on. You know, and, and, and quite cool. frankly, I'm glad that we got to this point. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs. And, and with this this current crypto winner, I think we're seeing things as clear as yeah. we've ever seen it. So excited to finally get on and, and share our story. After, That's amazing. You know. Yeah. No, it's really good timing. I think it's really good timing to get you guys on to get, talk about one of none. Um, first off though, how about my Eagles? Oh my God. In the Super our Bowl. I, I, yeah. I grew up an Eagles fan. You grew up an Eagles fan. I, I was going to ask you, cause oh. I, I, I saw, I did my little research. You're from Toledo, which was oh, really yeah. close to Cleveland where you got drafted. So I was wondering if you grew up a Browns fan. You grew up an Eagles fan? I grew up an Eagles fan. So we're actually, Toledo is only 45 minutes south of, of Detroit. So a lot of people mm-hmm. in my area are actually Lions fans. Oh, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously down the road from Cleveland as well. But my dad, my dad was a Randall Cunningham fan growing up. Oh, that's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, me too. Me too, man. Yeah, having an athletic quarterback of a son, he he, he thought that it, you know the the birds would be a, a good way to go. Wow! So. so we're in the Super Bowl. Here we go. Incredible! We go. It's, been, it's been amazing, amazing run. I actually went to the last Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Two in Minneapolis. No yeah. How was that? Incredible! One of the best weekends of my life. I went to the Maxim party, and I had I was a ticket broker at the time. I had these awesome club seats. Steph Curry sat right behind me. Right after the game, I got a selfie with Steph Curry. Like no it, was, it was incredible. And that's awesome. you know, that game was just epic. So oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah that was yeah, a hell of a yeah. game. That's yeah, awesome. man. So that's that's dude, that you stepped up a couple notches in my book now that I know you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I actually I got a little that. story with that. I, I we played against Temple my my last year at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. There was my, my 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 first season playing at Notre Dame. Played against Temple. That was a year that Temple was damn good team. I think it was it was college game day. I think they yeah. were ranked like number eleven in the country at the time. Our boy Hassan Reddick was on that squad. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yep. And, and yep. Medikovic, It was it was a, a great defense. Yeah. But I ended up playing. I ended up got, got to play at the you know at the Eagle Stadium there. And every time I got, went into the end zone, I hit the fly Eagles fly. Well, really? I know that that looks a lot like a Temple Owl. Uh, <laughs> so well, you were like mocking them. They thought, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. But uh, I mean, that was an awesome game. I ended up breaking off for like a seventy-yard touchdown. It's one of my favorite oh, wow. highlights I've ever had. Yeah. Oh well, I got to look that up. It's probably on YouTube. I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's that what's one. up. That's amazing. Definitely. That's quite Definitely. cool. That's quite the story. Oh yeah, I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk about NFTs a little bit. How did you kind of? When did you get into NFTs? It, I guess pretty early on, sometime in 2021. What was your entry? Who told you about it? Yeah, so so we, you know, for me, I was I was building one of none before I even got into blockchain, before I got even into NFTs. Uh, but early 2021, so I was I was right there with the NBA Top Shot crew. You know, when mm. when, when the mm-hmm. big buzz started happening, the big NFT spring there. Um, but at the time, you know, we were we were looking to build 
something that could help, you know, physical creators of products uh, access the lifetime value of these ultra limited edition pieces. And, you know, the, the first article I ever read about NFTs was all about creator royalties. So it's like, it was like this perfect parallel of like, all right, here's this, this buzzword of blockchain that every VC, every, you know, angel investor out there wants to, 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 you know, hear about. Um, and, you know, for us, it just became a really easy marriage for us to start to, you know, start to explore the digital world and see mm-hmm. if there's a way for us to kind of tie that back into the physical limited edition space. Wow. That's really interesting. So you got into, you got into, you started building one of them. Was it always NFT based? So you started building that. It wasn't NFT based. It was just bridging phys- physical and digital. So, yeah. So it was, it was more about tracking the lifetime of physical products, you know, okay. you know mm-hmm. so the, the story, the story goes, you know, I was, when I was in the NFL, I, I signed with brand Jordan. So I, I became instantly this, this sneaker collector by, by nature. They, they just, yeah. they start sending you every pair of sneakers that comes out during that time. And, but what I realized with the brand is that all the value that we were creating on these limited edition drops, you know, when I was there, we had the Dior cab- uh, uh, collaboration. We had the, you know, the Travis Scott collaboration, but all that value that we were creating on the sneaker was in a market that we as a brand had no connection to that being the secondary market. Sure. You know, instead you have the, you know, the stock X's and the goats and the eBay's of the world that are growing to these mega businesses off the heels of these brands, you know, creations. So, you know, we, the, the initial business that we set out to, 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 to build was just a, a, a business in which we could build a marketplace that the primary market or the primary sale would take place on at retail, but also facilitate the secondary exchange. So it was all web two. It was all about, you know, creating a, a social, a social marketplace for limited editions, what we're calling it at the time. And, but then after, you know, the, the, the big boom of NBA top shot and, and all the attention coming over to blockchain quickly realized that, Hey, what we thought might be something we would add in three, four years on the road is something that we need to explore right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and quickly realized that it was the perfect technology for us to kind of help these creators of, of, of dope limited edition products start to access that lifetime value. That's really cool. I didn't realize that. I love that pivot. I love how you saw an opportunity and went for it. That's really cool. So I didn't realize that was building in web two first. And then you're like, oh crap, let's, uh, let's tokenize some of this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what I didn't know is that, you know, this world of, of NFTs at the time had a completely different set of standards, had a completely different, you know, uh, type of brand. Um, and, and, you know, quickly found myself immersed as, as a DJ, you know, I had, right. to, I had to get out there and, and really learn, you know, how people were collecting these and, and you know, I had to go get my first ever discord out at the time clubhouses where all the, all the, you know, yep. the action was taking yep. place. That was totally. one of those early, early influencer types that was on clubhouse, you know, just learning, sitting in all the NFT chats or NFT yep. rooms. Um, but, but fell in love, you know, it, 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 it web three as a whole kind of touched everything that I was into. You know, I, I loved collecting sneakers, I collect classic cars, you know, watches. I'm, I'm always about, you know, trying to find that, that grilled you know, one of none style products. Yep. That this was like the perfect, you know, community for me to, to, to have some fun, you know, when we were in at the time, my, my first off season building this. That's amazing. I was on, I was on those early clubhouses too, even hosting rooms into, into the summer, um love we have lot you know logic gilliam you know of course Julian. of course yeah, yeah. we're having him on next week he's a buddy oh, of mine nice. from the clubhouse days yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, love that yeah, he's I awesome that. yeah it's yeah. like a nostalgic yeah. that's yeah it feels like it's, been, it's been forever since it's been it forever has since been we're hopping in it here. has been awesome. i know and twitter crushed them do you know, know. twitter offered clubhouse four billion dollars back in like may of 2021 no and clubhouse turned it down twitter's like yes we'll just make our own what so is there is there any action on clubhouse you know, what, what is there, Clubhouse today? Uh, I try and look on there. Like every now and then a few of my artist friends will be having a room and chatting, but it's like, it's really small. Um, yeah. It's for NFTs. At least there's almost nothing. Not wow. like that was the main Yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, wow. everybody went, you know, Farouk was one of the main hosts yep. and he's yep. obviously on rug radio on Twitter space. And you would, you would just think they raised so much money during that boom yeah, and they had everyone download. It's still downloaded yeah. on my phone. You know? Yeah. I, I look at it every now and then it's one of my, one of the apps I have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I can't man. believe that they haven't been able to find a way to like get us back over there for something. You know? I know. Yeah. I guess their marketing is pretty poor in that case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, it's uh Definitely. Yeah, that, that's a sh- I mean, even Gary V was on there doing yep. you know, hopping in rooms and stuff. Like it was, it was popping, and Twitter just completely demolished it. Gosh, gosh. yeah, crazy. That's pretty wild. 
I didn't know yeah. you were on there either. I'm learning a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's really how I got thrown into this space. You know, my first okay. ever, I did, I did a clubhouse. Um, I was in a room with Blake Jameson and yep. uh, Jasmine Marietta from round 21. They were doing like a art time sports uh, clubhouse uh, room and, and popped in there. And that was like my first time ever that's trying cool. to regurgitate all the stuff that I was studying and learning, you know, through discord. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, from there that, that was really like the spark of my my little you know NFC network, you know, that turned into it. a bunch of relationships that got it and got us into the red beard world and you know, the crystal yeah. diamond world. And from there, you know, it's pretty quick for us to it's kind of a small world once you get in there sure. for us to kind of yeah. all connect. What were some of the early NFTs you were uh buying, liking, checking out? So the Knights of DJ, that was my first ever NFT. Okay, I, I nice. Got. Yeah. Yep. So I, I was I was kind of late to the game. NBA top shot, I, I was with it, but I was also once again, I was as I was exploring NFTs, it was it was more exploring it as a solution to a problem that I was already looking to solve. So I was like yeah. only gonna go on Ethereum because I knew that I can only find developers that are on Ethereum that were on Ethereum. So NBA yeah. Top Shot really I wasn't that. for me. Right, right, right. Um, That's a retail but, product. You weren't looking for a retail product. Not at all. Yeah, not yeah, at all. For sure. I hear that. Um, yeah. So I started with the Knights. And then, I mean, probably my next six or seven NFTs after the Knights were just all rugs. Because then, then I found myself like, you know, I was I was listening to everyone else and like I need to find my own lane. Let me go see if I can find some diamonds in the rough and bring them back to the team. And every last one of those pulls were, were just terrible. They're still sitting in my wallet today. I should, I should go pull them up and, and go check those out. Yeah, um, God, but yeah. I got a whole bunch. Of, I got, I could list them off too. I got I got them also. We all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I found myself in the in the 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 party apes you know it was it was always yeah. like something that was attached to something else and i just uh-huh. like, they, they got me every time yeah there was there was, was a million i mean you know the, the lazy uh antelopes and the, this and the, <laughs> exactly. it was just everything like it kept exactly. coming and coming and coming exactly. pretty wild pretty wild times that's uh that's cool that's cool to hear your story so mm-hmm. then where are you guys with one of none like explain really what's going on like i've looked at a bunch of the jobs right now i see you guys are are pre-selling headphones which oh, is yeah. kind of neat that's something new i i mean the the uh who was the artist i saw uh art mob his kobe piece is amazing oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. on there oh, yeah. um and and we're friends with amber victoria we had her on the podcast as well she's amazing so she's i saw amazing. you guys work with her amazing. so what so explain what's going on and and like like because i know you can vault it and you're, you can have the piece there's yep. all kinds of cool stuff so let's hear it yep yep so the uh I'll get. I'll go ahead and give it. I'm I know I gave you a the, lot there. I yeah, got went yeah, over no, all the drops. So I gave you a lot. Yeah, yeah. I dive in. I dive in. So, so you know, as I kind of mentioned before, I wanted to try to solve this problem of helping physical limited edition cl- creators start to you know access the lifetime value of their limited edition products. So through you know resale royalties is obviously the monetization is an easy entry point when you're talking to big brands, but more importantly, staying connected to their resale collectors was kind of our biggest goal there. Um, so we built this infrastructure, you know, this infrastructure that takes every limited edition piece that we launch physically and marries it in a one-to-one relationship to an NFT. Um, which today, you know, we're in kind of in this digital revolution right now, isn't too crazy of a concept, but you know, two years ago, it was something that seemed like it was way out there for us. Um, but for us, you know, it was all about trying to maintain that connection. Um, you know, what we saw at the time of building this was that there were some people who were playing in the space, but a lot of what they were doing was either the burn protocol, you know, we're going to leave the physical in, you know, a, a vault somewhere, or warehouse somewhere, it's going to trade X amount of times, and then someone presses redeem, we burn the NFT, and boom, there goes a relationship. Or the other one was just the, hey, we're going to give you both at the same time. Here's my NFT, and you get a print. Or here's my NFT, and you get this dope hoodie. But in those most of those situations, you know, the decoupling ends up happening of the pro- of the assets where someone, you know, holds on to the physical piece of art they put on their wall and they go sell the NFT the next day. And here, you know, we're, we're no longer keeping that true one to one relationship. But with us, you know, we had this this physical lens. This was more about bridging physical collectors into the space. So what we wanted to do was was find a way to keep that marriage together. So what we developed was a was a um, an infrastructure that uses a vault as a way to keep the marriage. So essentially, the way our protocol works is that um, when you first buy our NFT or buy our hybrid, we call them hybrid products. We'd like to think that we're kind of a step above the digital world because we keep that one-to-one relationship. If you buy a hybrid product with us, you first get the NFT that goes to your wallet. The physical remains in the vault, and you get the opportunity to opportunity to either redeem the physical asset, you know, if it's a piece of art put on a wall, luxury good, wear it, 
or you can vault it, leave it with us. We take care of storage, insurance, and keep the physical good in good condition. And while it's with us, you now have this NFT that represents the right to redeem it. So if anyone comes to the secondary market and places a bid, you now can pass on the ownership of the physical good using that, that, that NFT that represents it. But what's a little different with our model is that when the physical good is redeemed out of the vault, we lock the NFT to your wallet so that you can exchange the ownership of the NFT while you have the physical in hand. If you would like to exchange it, you send the physical back into us. We authenticate it, grade it, put it back into storage, and then update the metadata with a new condition report to now say that, hey, this, this product now is at you know good condition rather than mint condition. And then that same NFT that minted alongside it can continue to track its life both in and out of the vault. Wow. There's a lot of use cases there. As I hear you talk about that, I pick, I mean, like, so I see that you're doing the headphones, but you could do, you could do anything really that's, in that case. You could do like, like a, like an old magazine that's like, you know, in, in a case, like, wow, that's really cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff. So where do you, where do you want to take it? Like, I know you're doing a lot of, you're doing art right now, which is a lot of what the NFT space is, but you could really do any kind of collectibles or if people want to put something out. I know originally we talked about like people can release like, like uh, t-shirts, you know what yeah, I mean? If they absolutely. want a limited edition t-shirts with the design on it. That's, yeah, a, so, that's really neat. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so we really see that, you know, one of none as a business is a, is a, is an infrastructure. We're, we're an authentication platform is what we like to position ourselves as. And like you said, that, that can go across any type of product. That's, that's, you know, one of none. But what we mean by one of none is that it's a limited edition that has some sort of a story or some sort of a cultural moment that's tied to it that gives it its value in the secondary market. And that can be done with anything. So what we built first to kind of test that infrastructure was a marketplace. So that's what you're looking at right now, one of them.io. But the only point of rolling out that marketplace and building this brand that we've been building and kind of connecting who we've been connecting with is really just to test the tech. You know, we we use for, you know, on the authentication side, we use RFID technology. We put a chip in every product that we that we launch so that we can mm. authenticate it in the secondary market. We play with NFC tags so that you can, you know, have this tappable experience to be able to get that information. But we wanted to check. We wanted to test all of that functionality across different product types. So that's why you see fashion, where we're taking a tag and sewing it into the garment. That's why you see collectibles like the headphones, is replacing a capsule RFID inside the headphone. You see a lot of art there, where we're taking you know RFIDs and placing them in the back of canvases. But that's really just a spot for us to really you know test our technology. What we're most excited about now, moving into 2023, is we kind of fast forwarded you know a, a lot of our roadmap to to really turn this into more of an as a service business, where we're launching this concept that we're calling portals. And what portals are, are a branded experience that a brand can bring to their own website, where they can put in the logo, they can put in all their fonts, their colors, and create a space on their website that can allow them to launch these limited edition pieces alongside NFTs on their own, where we're just the infrastructure behind it. Wow. So we could do like NFT catcher t-shirts. Got it. You That's, got it. And and have it have the tag in it. You guys produce the shirts or do we produce how's that work? So we have partners. We have partners across okay. soft goods to help out to, right, right, help right. out. But but for the most part, you know, the, this is a the, the problem we're looking to solve long term is is a true resale problem. You know, the, there's so many counterfeits that are out there now. You know, collectability, yeah. the 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 concept of dropping something that's limited edition is something that's everyone does. I don't care if you're a, a, a new t-shirt company, you just started, of right. course you're gonna throw out your limited edition, you know, your, your limited edition snob. But the more the Limited editions that come into the market, the more counterfeits that come in as well. So our idea is that if you use our technology to launch your your grailed items, your top items, your limited edition items, that those are the ones that should come with chips so that we can truly track that provenance from the first day that it was launched into, you know, the secondary market. I wonder why Nike doesn't do chips in like their shoes, because there's so many counterfeits of that. Like I see when people, there's like the smell test, guys like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, how I wonder why they have never done that. You know, the, so the, the, from and, and the, the real, I like I'll give you the branded answers because they haven't met us yet. You know, we're, we're going to get there. Let, let us get there. Fair, uh, fair. But, yeah, uh, get the Nike. Yeah, yeah. Phil but, Knight. But, Phil Knight listens to this podcast actually. So call me. Call yeah. me. I'm in. I got. I got the solution for you, Uncle MJ. Hit me <laughs> yeah, up. I got the yeah, solution exactly, for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but you know, today I I think that there's a, there's there's a couple reasons why why you know 
people haven't played in the resale market. And I can bore you. I'm in the middle of a, of a fundraiser right now, so I can hit you with all the stats. You know, the, yeah, it's the... all good, man. Yeah, no, we got, <laughs> I got all the time. So if you want to, it's just well, really interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm learning a lot. It's really interesting. Well, the overall resale market as a whole is 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 on fire. It's growing to they're projecting 218 billion dollar market by 2026. Um, within the overall retail or resale market across all products. You're looking at about it's growing at about 16 times the primary market. That means that right now the thread ups, the eBay's, the stock X's, the goats are growing at 16 times the the curated department stores and things like that. In the luxury goods space in particular, you're growing at four times the primary market, which is really new for the luxury goods space. You know, it's all about that 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 crazy luxury in-person experience. Get your glass of champagne, sit down on a couch that costs more than my house so that you can go and buy your bag. And that's so that they, they've really, you know, captured this moment at the retail that they don't really want to let go of. Well, when it comes to the resale, the reason they, they want to play, it's it's clear as day that 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 these luxury goods, you know, players or brands really want to get into resale. But currently, there's just so many counterfeits that are coming through that re, those resale channels. It's yeah. hard for them to come and support a StockX or a Real Real or you know one of the, the an eBay when every so every so often there's going to be a product that comes through that's fake. So instead, what you're seeing is Chanel that sued the real real you're seeing lvmh that has sued ebay multiple times you're seeing nike with a couple lawsuits open as we speak with StockX because they can't really create that healthy relationship but the the reason for that is because the lack of uh, attention to building a product that needs to be authenticated in secondary markets so insert these chips as as a way to do so but if you're thinking from a brand perspective if you're going to participate in a secondary market and you're a luxury goods brand well, numbers can continue to show it, and I can get into those. But but the numbers will show mm-hmm. that the the reason why the resale market is growing the way it's growing is because you know Gen Z and and millennials are completely okay with buying a product that's lightly used, lightly loved, is what we like to say, at a lower price point. If I'm going to go buy you know a Rolex right now, and I can go buy it for eight thousand bucks in the secondary market versus a ten thousand new market edition, or a new edition, if those those products are taken care of so well, like why yeah. wouldn't I just go get that little bit of a discount? Well, for luxury goods and bigger brands, they don't want to erode their margins. They don't want to be the company that how am I going to go out there and say that a Jordan is worth one hundred and seventy five bucks on Tuesday, but come to my secondary market right now and buy a similar pair for ninety bucks. Like you're playing in your own market, so it's really tough to do so. So with our position, what we think is is, is by focusing on those railed items, those items that, that truly do hold their value in a secondary market, that's kind of the first way, the first thoughtful way for brands to really participate. And I think we can see that right now with someone like a Gucci. Gucci has the Gucci vault where they go and they have a couple of dope collaborations. They do some tech enable things. They, they do some metaverse stuff that they partnered with uh, super rare. They've done some things with spatial, but more importantly, they have these rare vintage finds that they, that they bring back through the Gucci vault, you know, the 1960 purse, the 1975 pair of yeah. earrings. Those are the items that you can participate like thoughtfully and, and on brand. So what we're saying is before those products get to market, when you know you're putting your all into something, when you got Travis Scott sitting here designing the best sneaker that we've seen in a long time, those are the ones that you need to chip, that you need to build community around, that you need to track, they need to reward those collectors because you know those are your top people who got their hands on those. Yep. That's where one of none wants to kind of live as a, as a, as a business. I love that. That's, that's really thoughtful and I'm learning a lot from you. Like I said, that's, that's really neat. I see so especially with those major brands and having like even cars like why like you know those super high-end cars are going to be worth money that are collectible and rare 100 100 percent. you know yeah. you, you have you have the collector's items right and i, I I'm, a, I'm a classic car guy my, my dad right. i grew up with my dad having a, a classic car in a garage that can okay. never run you know so i was always you know once i got to the league that was my thing so i'm gonna have you know a couple of those and make sure that right all, right you know? and but but when you talk about new cars let's think of like you know the Tesla, the Tesla truck. Yeah. Could you imagine if those pre-orders were NFTs? Yeah, they should be. They should have already have given the people the NFT, and if the people want to sell that NFT to someone else, they have the right to buy the truck when it comes I mean, out. I yeah. don't, I don't know what's holding them up right now, but I'm sure yeah, money, totally. time, resources. That's right. what's, that's what's always holding them up. But I guarantee, yeah, if they yeah. had a, a secondary revenue stream of any kind, I don't care if you call it, you know, one percent curator tape. That'd be going wild right now. If they going had the wild. Truck. And yeah, and the be. beauty, the beauty, the beauty of NFTs is that 
price doesn't really matter as long as the thing is trading. You know, Ted, yeah. Elon has a great day, let the price ride up. Elon has a bad day, let it ride down. But it, yeah. at, at, at every stage of the game, you have two people winning. You have the creator winning with the small royalty, but then you also have the collector winning because they get ownership of something that doesn't even exist yet. And I think that that's yeah. that's kind of the world we're heading into from from a, at least a luxury goods standpoint. Yeah, well, that's what you did. I mean, just technically with these headphones that I see, you you're pre-ordering them now, and you'll get the NFT exactly. And then when it. it's ready, you can claim them. I guess that's the... you got it. You got yeah. it. You got it. So that that's what the that's what San and San Sound is a is a company that was started by DJ Kaku, who was one of the uh, one of the the early partners of Only Force. So they they have oh, wow. you know, okay. they, they kind of have that mech style vibe to it, and he's, he's an unbelievable DJ from from Taiwan. They have a bunch of you know tech enabling that they're doing with NFC tags and platforming this um, this really cool kind of uh, support up and coming independent artist platform around that awesome project. Awesome people that have a huge roadmap. The, the headphones were designed by the same um, designer and engineer that did the Beats by Dre, so they're high quality. Um, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a prime example of a product in which you now get to you know continue to build community as you're building the product. Hundred percent. That's really cool. And there's a how many of these are? There's a limited amount, right? Yeah, we did it. We did a hundred in this uh, in this first in this first uh, run okay. of those. There's going to be ten thousand over time. They did an NFT project, the soul bound based NFT projects. They're really one of the the few soul bound oh, wow. uh, projects that are out there. Um, and this is kind of their first product to market. They had a bunch okay. of big things in a roadmap, um, a bunch of huge partnerships. So we just kind of did this as a as a as a soft, you know, start to the to yeah. the, a much longer roadmap. That's really neat. Did they do that on ETH? The they did on ETH. Yep. They did good for them. Yep. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So in your journey and and building this, do you think uh, being like a public figure beforehand has helped or hindered you? I know sometimes in the NFT space, like. People are looking for like crypto natives and like, so how's that affected your journey? Do you think you think it's open doors? It's funny. It's funny. You know, considering the journey hasn't ended and and, and this is still very much the beginning for, for one of none, it's yeah. helped, but, but it's helped in a weird way. Like, you know, early on, it, it really hurt us because I was just another one of those athletes, another one of those entertainers. Mm-hmm. That you would expect to have a crazy community that's ready to go, you know, make five million bucks out of thin air off of some some empty promises. Right. Right. So when I show up to a conversation and I start talking to you about authentication and infrastructure and vaulting and physical products, they're like, "Yo, that's way too complicated." You know, <laughs> yeah. like we, we don't. Just, want anything to yeah, do just that. do some FaceTime videos with people or something. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. so it made it, it made it difficult for us to kind of get the point across early on. But now as we kind of enter into a bit of a crypto winner. It's been one of our biggest, you know, selling points is that, you know, there's a lot of things that we learned during that last, you know, uh, up cycle. Um, but the main thing that we learned is that we were right all along. And that's that, you know, NFTs and blockchain as an infrastructure is something that's so much more powerful and can solve so many bigger things than just, you know, building some communities. Well, I love them and I'm, and I'm with them. And when, when, mm-hmm. it, when they're done right, NFTs are amazing. And we see that with, with the projects that are going to survive this. You know, we all, but I think it's, it, we would all be lying to each other if we thought that half the stuff that we were doing as collectors, more than half, 80%. Yeah, nine, stuff we're doing as 90, 95%, 99%. Yeah, it's all, it's all nothing. Right, right. And, you know, and we, we knew it was yeah. going to be nothing, but like, right. you know, there was still 15% of that where we're like, well, yeah. And the hits were so, the hits were so good that it was like, exactly, you know, exactly. Was, but, but, you know, us, we, no, you're we right. Always, though, you're right. You know, yeah. we've been looking at blockchain as really an infrastructure. You know, there's things that that blockchain does in in tech that nothing else, that nothing else could ever rival. You know, asset portability. And, you know, being able to take value that you created on one platform and move it over to another platform without asking those two companies to API big databases together to be able to pass on that. You know, that, that's something that people just can't do. Um, you know, obviously the metaverse and 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 showing those digital assets in different in digital worlds. Same thing with asset portability. But that is something where, as this line continues to blur, you know, these are the assets that are going to power uh, that that piece of it. And then from there, there's always just the 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 new expectation that comes from the financial incentives of being able to trade your membership. You know, that's something that like while we 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 introduce that in a form of 
you know, PFPs and creating ourselves identities, that's something that's going to, you know, really transform how you look at any rewards program across everything. And obviously we're seeing it with Starbucks and there's a lot of things that are starting to roll out in in that fashion. I think that those things are here to stay. Um, I, 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 so, so as, as we talk about, you know, where we were as a business and the temptation we had during that, during that upcycle to go out there and, kind of mm-hmm. fold on what we've been thinking about and just say, screw the vault. Let's just go do this, you know, and be the, be the hype beast, you know, uh, on brand, you know, styling right. the petite project. There's a lot of temptation there. And we tried it. We, we, we started to put together the vault club and, and try to build that community out. But ultimately I think that, you know, the, the beauty of the upcycle was that a lot of people learned about the tech, but I think that the, the real beauty is going to be found right now. And that's the builders who really got in, you know, really deep in the tech built these, these new, and platforms and new solutions and now they're they're forced in this in this next you know six to eight months with a little bit of runway that they were able to build to go make that solve something that's happening right now we all know that in order for nfts to win it takes mass adoption well you don't have mass adoption by pushing people away because they don't understand what discord is or they don't understand how to say gm in the morning we got to be embracing people how do you embrace people yeah. you go meet them where they're at Totally. Yeah. No, I say that a lot. Like the millions of people are not going to come on to ETH. They're not going to come on and like load up their MetaMask and worry about gas. And like, that's just not how it's going to go down in the, in the space. You mentioned Starbucks. I mean, they, they're crushing it, what they're doing with the loyalty programs. All the loyalty programs are going to go on, on the blockchain. It only makes sense. That's uh, I agree. I agree. Insight for sure. Yeah. And then another piece of it is that this is the year of mobile. I think mobile will change everything. You know, as soon as, yeah. as soon as we start going to, to mobile wallets, as soon as we start going to easier interfaces that don't require us to, you know, you know, sit at the computer, that's just that's already going to bring in a whole new group of people that you'd never totally. have. Totally. Um, and then, and then, yeah, we just have to. They have to not worry about getting like one of the big things is you can lose everything. Like, got to be so people got to be so careful. We had, there was another another guy got robbed today. Uh, who did I see? Uh, Frankie Nines, the the artist oh, from really? Subducts, no yeah, he yeah. got hit. He got hit pretty bad. A uh, uh, whole bunch of NFTs, his Gota Mint Pass, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know, uh, like all tough. time. It's yeah, it's been really horrible. Um, well, well, you know, what, what blockchain? What blockchain are you guys on? What do you guys put your NFTs on? We're, we're on Ethereum, and, yep, and good, we're yeah, yeah. but but we uh we really are are deep into some conversations with some of the other you know lightweight chains and and looking mm-hmm. to make a, a a decision there soon because we we need a fiat on ramp. You know, and and we can do yeah. it with ETH, but it's just a, it's, it's a bit complicated. You know, we right, rather right. So you have this. it now, though. You can on the website you can buy with credit card or with ETH. Yes, you can. You okay. can, but that that's at the initial sale, and it's a lot easier to do it at the okay. initial sale of uh, the product. Okay. So as we start yeah. thinking about you know what creating secondary exchanges for some of our partners look like, where gotcha. you can actually exchange it in secondary right on their platform, that's when you're starting to think, okay, hey, it's probably you should probably go to a lighter chain and and, and lower some of those transaction fees. Right, right. Because gas has been coming up again the last few weeks. Hit hit us last week. We had to go. Yeah, I think we made oh, really? like eleven contracts. I'm like, dang. This oh like back yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> and it was so six months. We're so used to it being at like ten bucks. It was so low, and then all of a sudden, it's like it's like quadrupled up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so what are what are the what's like the most proud thing you've done? What are the projects you like the most? What's what are you most proud one of none for so far? Um, I think in this in this most recent phase that the Siegelman stable drop that we did was 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 special. Um, one because it was attached to a dope event. You know, we went out to NFT NYC. Crypto, the, the 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 crash is happening. Winter's coming. You're feeling the avalanche just fall on top of us, and I just felt like we were able to bring a little bit of a, a you know a little bit of light to the community by throwing a yep. dope you know um, something that didn't feel as as Web three. And I, and, I, and I say that like I'm I I am a DJ. I, I'm I'm right there in the middle with everyone. But you know I I, I thought that one thing that we needed coming you know into this kind of new wave of, of NFTs is something that just that felt like things that my teammates would want to pull up to, you know, something that yeah. felt like, you know, street, you know, a little, you know, that something that feels like it's a part of the culture a little bit. So we were able to throw this dope event. event. We went to Soho, we got a street permit, uh, brought in this artist, Jonas Wolinski from down in Miami. He was just absolutely incredible. He did a live mm-hmm. performance for us, um, you know, went inside and had this hybrid gallery event where, 
there was you know a bunch of physical art that was up on the walls but there's a bunch of you know digital um uh, uh screens that were that were showing the nft so you can see the direct correlation between the nft and the physical good but out of that whole collection siegelman who's now kind of on top of the new york game when it comes to, to fashion is really starting to build a really big brand and we're able to be you know one of the one of the f- uh, first drops that he, he's ever really got nothing going um, you know, they were they were hot then, but they're much hotter now. So to say that we're one of those original drops early on was awesome. You know, we sold them out in under an hour. So our first resale transaction at like, you know, I think it was like 0.4 ETH at the time, which that was like 430, mm-hmm. 440 bucks. Um, so that was like that was like a real nice proof case for us. And now as that brand, which is, you know, on the rise and nowhere near a big brand yet, but definitely one of the you know top up and coming brands. I think that they're going to be one of those those key proof cases for us to show, hey, when you when you get something that's getting ready to get rolling, you know, th- there's no better way than to start to track that value by by launching something hybrid, so that as people look back at those original grilled pieces, you know, you now have an NFT to be uh, the way to, to to track that provenance. What's the brand again? It's called Siegelman Stable. Siegelman State. Okay, got it right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, Max Siegelman is a is a uh, hell of a, a thinker. Must be twenty. Must be twenty one and over to shop this collection. I'm sorry. They, yeah, they just they just announced a. Uh, is that is that the Blue Forty Two collection you're looking at? I guess so. I went to the website. Oh yeah. So that 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 twenty one that twenty one and over to shop that collection. They're doing a uh, for for the Super Bowl. Looks like they're doing a collaboration with Diageo. Um, the brand that owns uh, Johnny Walker, Blue Label, and and uh, Don Julio, 1942. So they did this collab called Blue 42. Brought okay. him in to bring to do some of the creative on it, do some uh, do a, a hat collab and, and some other merch items with it. So that's what's up. I gotta check that out. I always yeah. like hearing new. Uh, one of the things I always ask people, and I will ask you. I ask for like, who's your favorite kind of artist? Do you think she gets some light? And what artists are you into? Things like that. I love learning about new artists and i find so many new ones from this podcast so that's oh, yeah. really cool oh, i'm yeah. definitely gonna check that brand out and, and see yeah. what's up you should um, no, no, yeah man yeah no i i love what i'm hearing like i didn't realize some of the stuff i thought it was kind of just what was on the website you were going to work with some artists and drop some stuff but like you guys have some really really big plans i like your team you know i've met mike and pat those are those are good dudes and uh and and kai obviously I don't know, man. I I uh, I I really like your I like your thought process. Really, like what you're okay. building, your ideas, your your willingness to pivot. You obviously have some good connections, and you're meeting really good people and setting up some cool stuff. I mean, Thank do you. that stuff. Get one of those giant brands on the hook. Hook them up. Like that would right be there. that'd be awesome. Right there. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll circle up. back. With, I'll circle back with you. In, yeah, in no the, doubt. In about no doubt. two weeks, and then we got about oh three or wow four that, that, that are sitting uh, on the hook. That's twenty twenty three is gonna be a big year for us. That's so cool. So what is what is the future? What do you envision? Even like three five years down the line, what do you want to see out of one and none? Well, yeah, it's it's funny. Like the we have worked so hard on this brand. You know, we yeah. worked so hard on it. You know, we 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 you know wanted to 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 feel fresh, feel right now. That said, you know, my, my vision in, in three to five years is that nobody knows this brand. That it really starts to move back into at least the technology we're using starts to move back into the backseat where we're just powering things that you never expected. I, I see a world in which, you know, the the concept of the metaverse is is the, the is I think starting to become, you know, more approachable every day. You know, browser-based metaverses is not Oculus, is not Ready Player One. And I think that, you know, these platforms that are building on top of, you know, the the the, the blockchains that, that exist right now, people like, you know, Instagram that are starting to adopt different chains. I think that there's going to be a, 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 a revolution of taking the physical grilled items and trying to bring them into these these experiences that you can only do online. And I think that one of none will be that launch pad. One of none will be that that trusted solution to you know luxury goods brands and, and to um, brands that focus in on limited edition drops will be that that technology that allows them to you know branch into whatever that metaverse may be. I think that the first step, as you could probably hear in my pitch, is always about the value of that product. Because yeah. quite frankly, when you're talking big brands and you're talking corporate, that's what they want to hear. They want to hear a new revenue stream. But I think what we're most excited about is, you know, what you can then do once it's on chain, you know, all these different decentralized apps that are getting built on top of the uh, on top of the chain. It's going to, you know, allow for things that otherwise 
would never have an opportunity to to be experienced that way, to get experienced that way, because they were simply, you know, chipped, minted, and then launched alongside, you know, a digital counterpart. That's amazing. I I learned a, a lot today about. I thought I knew what was going on, but I learned a lot. I love the pivots. I love the willingness to adapt and grow. And I really see big things. Like you're you're a young guy. I realized today because we talked about Randall Cunningham earlier. His last year on the Eagles was right around '96, and that was the year you were born. There you and go. <laughs> I, I graduated high school in '97. So, yeah. So it made me feel very. I was like, Jesus, he was born in '96. But I, but uh, that made me feel old. But yeah, no, I I grew up. So I grew up with that team, the Buddy Ryan defense. You know, Randall, Reggie White, like that was incredible. And we've had some good runs. I guess you were. Were you an Eagles fan during like the Andy Reid? You were an Eagles fan forever, I guess, right? Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. of course. No, they you were know, good Brandon, runs. Brandon and now Dawkins, we're playing. Brian Westbrook. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Ron Curse. I mean, yep. obviously, Donovan McNabb. I always say that Donovan McNabb was my first QB coach because my dad would, my dad was a basketball player, knew nothing about, right. you know, you know, okay. about the, the intricacies of football. So you turn on YouTube and be like, hey, see how Donovan flips his wrist this way? That's how you got to yeah. finish. Deal. Got it. And he had the best QB coach in the league in Andy Reid. So yeah, that's, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. that's pretty cool. That's really cool to hear. Do you feel like when you got, you got drafted to Cleveland, it kind of stunted your career a little bit. How do you feel? You want to talk about that at all? Or is it like, yeah, I'm like, cause yeah, uh, I want, I, cause a lot of it's circumstance. You went to the is. worst team in the whole league. I mean, it's circumstances, timing. It's, yeah, it's it's there's a lot that plays into to success. A lot that that not a lot of people you know spend too much time looking at. They like to look at the top two percent. They like to look at you know whatever hits the headlines. But um, you know, I got I got nothing but great things to say about my teammates. Sure, I got nothing but great things to say about the the city of Cleveland. I, I, they embraced me. They loved me all the way until we got to about zero and ten. But mm. you know, up until that point, it was great. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's it was a, a very specific. You know, situation in which clearly the the organization was was turning. You know, they they had it. They had a GM that was coming in um, and and trying to you know apply a new style of of, of player personnel um, you know uh, evaluations and things that that were similar to like yeah. the money ball stuff in Oakland. You know, I happened to be a part of that time where they were trying something new out. Um, you know, as I look back at it, you know, I. If you were in that locker room with us, anybody who was on that team, you know, we obviously went on 16. Anybody who was on that team, you would never have thought that that we were, you know, on eight, on nine, mm-hmm. on 14, on 15. Like we we were in, we were ready to win. I, I was I was locked in. I, I I came to work every day early, you know, first person in, last person out, ready to rock. And, but as you look back at it, you know, there are some things that are a little fishy. You know, you start thinking about, you know, cutting Joe Joe um, Hayden. Trading mm-hmm. Demario Dare or, or Demario Davis. Obviously, uh, Kenny Britt got cut halfway through the season. There was a lot of things that were like, all right. Clearly, they were stacking up some chips to do something, you know. And and I think that next year they were able to go out after you know the GM gets uh, gets released and and you know I'm out of there by then. But they go and they get to spend it on Jarvis and spend it on OBJ and start to bring right. some more talent right. or the draft Baker. So you know, I, I was definitely there during a year where I wouldn't say we were rebuilding, but we were definitely. You know, I don't think that the, the number one mission of that team at that point in time was to win a Super Bowl. And whatever that does, you know, I, I can't I can't get too upset at that because I only was there for one year. You know, I got traded yeah. to Green Bay. Yeah. And that was a that was a whole nother situation. You know, Mike McCarthy ends up getting canned, you know, during that season. So there's always there's always something, you know. But yeah. For for me, Michael, it's it, it was never about ball. It was about it was about being a professional. It was about changing my family's life and it was about mm-hmm taking those relationships and those opportunities I was able to, to pick up and those experiences I was able to pick up and do something bigger. So like, as you mentioned, you know, uh, whether or not that my, my last days on the field are done, those, those things are way behind me. I love those things. Yeah. Quarantine. Way behind those, you. Those cleats are deeper in the garage. Okay. I, I spend my time right here in this, in that's this Herman Miller that's what's on up. this monitor trying to, you know, trying to build businesses. Cool, man. That's amazing. That's good perspective too. I really like to hear that, you know, and coming from Toledo and, Going to Notre Dame and starting quarterback there and getting to the NFL like that stuff is of dreams like you know that's even just getting there is, is unbelievable. Yeah, hundred percent. But but yeah. you know what I what I what I what I like to to make sure that that anyone who asks me about you know do you have any regrets? Do you wish you would have stayed? Do you, you know do you wish you, you do you still think you should be right. playing right now? 
I mean, the, the, the percent chances of making it to the league are small. I did that. That was awesome. But the percent chances, you know, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. My goal was to stack up some real money in the NFL. If I'm going to play this, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the University of Notre Dame. I, I went to, you know, the college, or the college of Business there in Mendoza. Yeah. The people around me, they they right now are making probably anywhere from four hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand dollars being investment bankers. They probably have yeah. graduated or left their left their investment banks. They're now heading on to PE and VC. They're making real bucks. So like that that's where my mind was at. Those are the people I'm competing with, right? So yeah. if I if you want to go and, and start to make that type of money and have that type of success, you got to make some real money in the NFL to be able to do that, you know, because we only we, you only have so much you got to get that second contract right now. 100%. It's tough. 100%. People don't realize that. So to get don't that, realize that. Yeah. yeah, so to get that big of a contract after being on four teams in four years, right? I think my chances of getting that big contract right now were probably lower than my chances of actually making it into the NFL. So like I, I'm 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 good, you know. Like okay. if, if I could, yeah. Do I do I want to win? Do I want to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Like I do I want to be in that locker room and have that camaraderie that I had and be with those types of people? Like mm-hmm. you know that 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 was that that was a big part of me, but. You know, I'm I'm in this thing to to win forever, and and you know what you can do in business, and and how you can leverage those relationships that you have in the league, like th- this 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 right here is it was always the dream. You know what I'm doing right now is yeah. always the dream. That's amazing, man. And you you really are so young. You're you're a baby still. You know, it's it's. I didn't realize that it was so recent that you played and how how young you are. I think that's really awesome. I love your perspective, and I love hearing that story and, and what, what you say there. It's really cool. It's Appreciate good to talk that. a little sports. We don't oh, normally yeah. talk too many sports. I usually throw it in. Jennifer's like, oh, here we go, and I start talking <laughs> about the Eagles. But uh, she's on her little break, so we could talk We talk a little sports now. There we go. There Especially we go. with the Eagles in the Super Bowl, yeah. We were on with VGF Sunday night, Andy and I, right after the Eagles game, so I was like floating. We did that. <laughs> oh, That's wow, how I no started way. that one off, too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. So, what did you any, think? Any pres- yeah. Any oh, predictions for the game? Any predictions for the game? Yeah, you know, obviously we're playing Patrick Mahomes, who's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's on pace to do something like that. Travis Kelsey is a monster. We got to stop him. Andy Reid's incredible. But I think pretty much everywhere else we have an advantage. If we don't have stupid turnovers, if we're not like fumbling the ball or like the wide receiver, you know, runs and fumbles it. Like if we don't turn it over, I really think we can score in the mid to high thirties, maybe low forties on them. Yep. And our defense is really good. Oh, so yeah. like, it's going to be a battle there. I think our offense can handle their defense. We have one of the best offensive lines that's like ever been. Oh yeah. You know? I, I, like I cannot, I cannot remember a team this loaded and there's been yeah. some loaded teams lately, yeah. but like, you know, the, the, it's like the, you guys have the perfect storm. You got Jalen hurts, obviously on a rookie contract. Yep. So you don't have to pay him. Right. He's gonna. Right. He's probably gonna be the MVP this year. So you got the MVP on on a, on a salary that that you know most guys are on that salary don't even. Right. I think he's making field. like four million or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah literally right. nothing. Right. For AJ Brown is yeah. special. He was my teammate with yeah. the Titans. I mean, he's 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 a dog. Devontae Smith yeah. is making crazy plays on the outside. You got. I mean, tight ends are great. Gobert is great. I mean, and then yep. defense is is probably there's pro- there's more stars on defense than there is on offense. And we just said point at all these stars on yeah, offense. Yeah, it's, 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 it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Uh, I mean, Howie Roseman he he's got to be executive of the year for like the, oh, yeah. all the decidings he made, trading for Gardner Johnson, like oh, yeah. everything he oh, did yeah. hit. The team really is stacked. I mean, like I said, as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, I think we have the better team. They have the better quarterback. Like they have Mahomes, and that's yep. a wild card. It and is. Reed's going to come is. up with some cool stuff. I like their running back Pacheco. I like that young yep. kid. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Yeah, but it, but it looks like Hardman's not going to be able to play. No. Nope. So, the, so the, they're they're going to be light at receiver, and yeah. and you know, it's, I, it's it, it sounds obvious, but if you stop Travis Kelsey, you stop you stop Kansas City. But yep. I feel like we've known that for the last four years. Everybody's and, known it. Yeah, exactly. And no one ever exactly. stops Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Somehow he's wide open yeah. three or four times a game. It's like, how do you forget that guy's yeah. on the field? I know. Oh, my I God. Know. I know. Like, And he's I, lo- I love that dude. Do you see ever see his podcast with him and Jason Kelsey? 
I haven't seen it. No, Is it's it good? good. It's called. It's really good. It's called uh, Higher Something. You can just look it up to Kelsey's podcast, and it's, okay. it's okay. become a very popular. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's really good. They're really good together. I mean, Travis is very likable. Like, it's hard not to like that dude. Yeah, swaggy um, dude. He's, he's a Cleveland yeah. guy, so I, I spent some time. Oh, uh, okay, Cleveland. okay. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's what's cool. up. Cool. I like I said earlier, I always give everyone a chance to throw out a couple artists they like. If you have anybody you want to shout out, artists, brands, like, if you if you got some like up and coming brands like the last like Stableman, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Siegelman. So, t- Siegelman. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Siegelman, yeah, yeah. Siegelman, but anything, but, anything you want to shout out, like that you want people to learn about and check out. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple. I got a couple. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm always here to the ground on the next hottest thing. My my favorite artist out right now is this guy by the name of Terry Urban. He um he actually has an NFT project that's called Kooks. Um, they did that with uh, Street Lab, um, which is a, a platform that's all around street art, and and the project actually did really well, which I was really excited about. But he he's special. I mean, he's absolutely special. He's a uh, he's you actually. You know what? I heard him on Twitter Spaces not too long ago. I think it was on like Nick and Pio in the morning. But go ahead, yeah. keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. I mean. He's he's a fine artist, you know. He's he's a guy who did the digital thing right. He he's a guy who's you know with the culture. He, he gets it. He's a he's a surfer. Um, yeah. Has a studio out on the beach in California, but but an unbelievable painter. I mean, just watching him go is awesome. That's one of my favorites that's out there. And then just because it's in that same world, and these guys are actually kind of tight. The guy who runs this brand from a brand side, it's a little edgy, but but there's this brand that's called For Those Who Sin, out of L.A. We've actually we've done some work with them. We had we did a dirt bike with them actually that uh, they collabed with a company called Bleach Design Works to do a custom dirt bike. But they're they're, uh, they're the guy who runs that company is a guy by the name of Alex Michael Miller, and it's that mm-hmm. same kind of edginess. You know, it gets a little dark at times, but in terms of a creative, in terms of a guy who um, has kind of found his niche and is building a really cool brand, they have some really cool collaborations and they're hanging out really in the right crews to be able to really take off a little bit. That brand is off to a great start. Once again, really, really edgy, but, but, but really like, um, you know, where they're going there. I like uh, that for those who sin, for those who sin.com. Yep. Right you now. got it. You got it. Yeah. You got it. So that, cool. you know, they, they, they kind of got that, that, that biker, you know, kind of edgy, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's really kind of a biker brand in a way, you know, they, they, they like that, but they, but what he's building around it is what I, what I'm, I'm, I'm most into him as a, as a creative is awesome. He's an unbelievable painter. He's an unbelievable designer, but then they have this thing called the, for those who send ranch. So they took that same brand. They went out to Joshua tree and now they have an Airbnb that you can go rent out. So they're kind of building this world around and that brand that I think is really cool, really, really, really innovative. This is cool. A lot of cool stuff. And they, it's uh, they limited edition stuff. They have one-on-one custom stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I like it. I like yep. it a lot. That's what's up. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, let me see if I can come up with one more for you. All right. I think I'm going to put out, uh, let's go with, I, I think Jonas Winski Because this guy is is a guy that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we did something with him in, my, er, in, in New York. He's from Miami. But Jonah? He, is it Jonah? Jonah. Yeah. J O N A. Yep. Uh, Sir is his last name. And he 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 is one of the most interesting people I've ever been around. His his creative mind is is just he's on a different oh, level. Wow, totally, totally. And um yeah. He's done he's done like he's 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 done art on a, a, a Cadillac DeVille that, that Lenny Kravitz has owned. He's done so much stuff that the world doesn't even notice. You have to kind of be in his world to really get his impact. But his ability to show up, find a wall, find a garage door, find it. You know, he's a true street artist. His, his penmanship is incredible. But he's going to be one of those guys where I've seen his archives of, of just tons and tons and tons of art. And I've been around it and we've done done some work together. He's become a friend of mine. He's going to be one of those guys that, you know, by the, by the time it's all said and done, we're going to go back and look at him and call him one of the greatest. I mean, it's, it's, it's that good. And he's a musician. He runs in the right crews down in Miami. He's kind of a Miami OG. If anyone's in our game down in Miami, they know all about Jonah, but he, um, he's special. And anytime you can kind of capture a moment with him, you got you got to hold on to it. Cause you just know there's not going to be too many of them. That's amazing. I see, I see his stuff. You have any of his pieces? I do. I do. His, uh, his newest, he has, he has two pieces that are two kind of, um, uh, topics that that he's been uh, on lately. He has this this mm-hmm. 
this uh, astronaut that he does a bunch and that's kind of he's been tagging a lot of stuff with that so i got a couple of these mini astronauts of his that are really cool then he has this muse that he calls dahlia which is this beautiful woman that he goes up and paints but he, he sees her he feels her and you can see it every time he goes up and does hair um so that's kind of like his is more you know uh, uh approachable uh more more kind of you know feminine where where you can get that i can convince my girlfriend to put that up you know on the uh, yeah. the dining room wall so that, that's another piece that i have as well that's what's up yep. cool those are good uh those are good recommendations all three of them yeah so definitely. uh that's what's up man anything else before we wrap it up anything else you want to throw out there no man i just actually I, i'm curious what, what, what you know what what do you think of the state of the market right now where, where are we at you know big picture where are we at right now when it comes to nfts well where we're at right now is we obviously went through the gigantic hype cycle and mm-hmm. it's slowed down and valuations came down to normal and now people are trying to figure out what's next, what's going to hit. The gamers are building the games. The music people are trying to figure it out. And a lot's going to come. We talked about Starbucks. I really like that. The brand, Some brands that are going to do it the right way. Um, the blockchain is going to become an integral part of our life. California is testing out putting their, um, their card titles now so, on the blockchain on Tezos. So like... It's it's all going to be coming. The builders are doing it. Um, we have to figure out what's up with crypto. Are these exchanges going to make it? The centralized mm-hmm. exchanges. I worry about if more of them fall. That's going to be a big problem. Like, oh, yeah. what if Binance goes? What if Coinbase all of a sudden's like, uh, we're broke too? You know, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, like yeah. I hope that stuff doesn't happen. But I I firmly believe that blockchain is is just going to be a gigantic part of of everyday life. We're not even going to know we're interacting with the blockchain because it just makes so much sense. The world's going digital. We need to know where everything is right now. It's just all, you know, there's just files, but like when it's on the blockchain, it's all going to be trackable and it's going to be good for business. They want to track everybody. Like if you, so every, all these polygon wallets that are holding Starbucks NFTs, if you have another coffee shop, you can airdrop them, you know, come to my place for half off coffee next week, you know, right. just all on the blockchain. Like, so like businesses are going to love it and the use cases are going to go crazy. There will be a game that just blows it out of the water. I don't know what game that's going to be. Hopefully yeah. it's the other side for my bags, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, yeah. There will be a game that all of a sudden everybody needs to play and it's going to be yeah. NFTs and kids yeah. are going to be collecting the skins and instead of Fortnite, where my son wants me to buy him a Spider-Man skin that he can't do anything with, now he'll be able to sell it later on. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I love it. So, I love it. Yeah. So I, uh, that that's that's where I think we're headed. That's what I think, you know, where we're at right now is the figuring it out. We're still really early as compared yeah. to what it's actually going to be. And then there's mm-hmm. the whole AI. The whole AI thing is going to be taken over. Like, that's that's wild, too. Oh my gosh! We didn't that's, even get that's into that. New, I usually yeah. ask people about AI too. We didn't even get into that. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. that's a that's a whole new world. There, there's it is. I mean, we we can write some books on on the state of AI yeah. right now. Yeah, I know, and I love it. I love it. You can't yeah. stop progress, so you might as well might as well embrace it. Exactly. Exactly. I write emails with ChatGTP, ChatGPT all the time. Like yeah. I literally will like write an email to this person about this. Make sure to include blah blah blah, and it like writes <laughs> this perfect email, and yeah. I can just change it up a little bit. Like it's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, and as that, as that technology continues to go over the video, that's that's when things are really going to start getting getting weird. When when right now, I think like the only thing that you can you're right the you video can trust. Yeah. Is, yeah. is is you know or you know we we've got used to photoshop you know you know you can photoshop right. something so when you right. talk about ai and photo that's okay words are you know sure we've all plagiarized before but when you start putting video and you add that layer of ai into it that's like the only thing that you can see is real right now is that if i don't see it glitching right. then it must be I real but, and th- they already tough. have it that we just don't have it yet that already exactly. exists oh yeah and and it's going to get so crazy. We're going to be able to tell it to create whatever you want. I've said this before, but you're going to be able to say, make me a movie with the rock and, you know, and Meg Ryan doing this and this and go in there and have it be an hour long and, you know, make it really funny. And it'll make you a a movie of whatever you ask for. Weird, 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 really weird. It's really weird. Weird The the AI is going to get all like all the, the stuff we consume, like, like, 
brands are going to be sending you messages directly for you. Like, Hey, Deshaun, what's up, dude? Like, and it'll be like Randall Cunningham talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's just going to get like, it's just going to get so crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. So, uh, well, absolute pleasure to have you on. And hopefully it won't be the last time. And I'm going to keep my eye on what you guys are doing. I appreciated that first merch you sent me, the, the original. Oh, I yeah. have like, oh, yeah. I think it's like number 67 out of 100 oh, yeah. on the hoodie. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. sick. I see you have number one in the images. It's <laughs> yeah, badass. That might be worth a pretty penny one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, 67 yeah. will be too. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> awesome, oh. brother. Yeah, well, thanks uh, for having me on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Maybe one of the conferences this year. Yep. But best of luck with everything. Seriously, mean it. And and I'll definitely be watching. And uh, if you ever need anything, let me know. We'll do. We'll do. Same here. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, bro. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This was a lot of fun. We will see you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.